I am talking, talking, talking to you. And the talk just keeps on coming. TalkZone.com. This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. Prepare to be shocked at the results of a simple test in civics given to a random sample of Americans. It points to the need for serious education reform. It didn't really matter if you had gone to college or not. You were woefully ignorant. We call it an epidemic of civic ignorance. This is a real indictment on our educational institutions from college all the way down. Then, what really separates world-class performers in all fields from the rest of us? The simple but profound answers discovered by a leading journalist may surprise you. Mozart, when you look closely at his story, it fits exactly with what the researchers say, that you get great through a particular kind of activity. It's information that's important to you and your family. It's all coming your way on this week's InfoTrack. We'll be back with our first segment right after this. InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. When it comes to knowing our country's history and economy, too many Americans are getting an F. That's according to a recent survey, as InfoTrack's Taryn McCall reports. Taryn? Thanks, Chris. The Intercollegiate Studies Institute conducted a survey recently that came up with some pretty shocking results. Dr. Rich Brake of the ISI joins us now in InfoTrack. Welcome, Dr. Brake. Thanks so much for having me, Taryn. Americans seem to be pretty well-versed in pop culture. You say people may know the American Idol judges, but not necessarily the Supreme Court justices. What were your findings along those lines? Well, yeah, Taryn, we uh, surveyed 2,500 Americans of all different backgrounds. It's a random sample, so it got different educational attainments, race, economics, things like that. And what we found was that it didn't really matter if you had gone to college or not. You were woefully ignorant. We call it an epidemic of civic ignorance. Folks could not identify the three branches of government. They could not identify the Gettysburg Address, for example. And you might say, well, what's important about that? The Gettysburg Address obviously had a lot to say about trying to remedy the problem of slavery. So these are basic questions. A lot of them come from the citizenship exam and for the high school NAEP exam for high school seniors. And so we think that this is a real indictment on our educational institutions from college all the way down. In my student days, you couldn't get out of high school without taking a civics course. Is that still a requirement in most schools? It's not. Half the states don't have any civics requirement. And then, of course, sometimes you get it in U.S. history, but U.S. history has become so watered down with what we call social studies. There isn't a real focus on it, and kids can't learn what's not taught. We found out in our previous studies of just college students that that was the case. They weren't taking a lot of courses in economics and history and government in college, and the consequence was that they weren't really learning it. And we think that you can't be an informed and responsible citizen without knowing some basic structural aspects of our political system, how our economy works, and then how have our leaders in the past tried to deal with circumstances. You know, we're going through an economic crisis right now. Look, this is nothing new, and we could learn from history in the past, but we don't know it, and so we can't. I mean, taking this to its logical extreme, you have to assume 
some of these students will eventually work in government or may even run for public office. And if they're ignorant about workings of the democracy, what does that mean for the democracy? Absolutely. You know, Benjamin Franklin, when he was asked what kind of government had been wrought from the Constitutional Convention, he said, a republic, if you can keep it. And we actually found very disturbing results that we actually identified 165 of the 2,500 that were actually elected officials, people who had served in elective office. They did worse than the national sample. 49% was the score for all Americans, 44% for elected officials. And so you're right, these are supposed to be leaders coming out of college. Apparently, they don't even know the branches of government that they're going to be serving in. There also seems to be, again, a lack of basic knowledge of the Bill of Rights, when people espouse their opinions on what the Founding Fathers thought about the role of religion in government or the separation of church from state. Right. I mean, we ask a question about does the Bill of Rights prevent the establishment of an official religion? Only 27% could identify that out of five possible right answers. So a lot of these were multiple choice questions, and many of the possible right answers were just so ridiculous on their face that you'd think that the people would be able to narrow it down even just through, you know, rational, educated guesses. But that's the problem. And we think that, you know, if you fixed college, you'd go a long way. We're certainly not advocating starting in college. This thing has to start with elementary school and middle school and high school. But if you fix college, then you're going to fix the teachers. And we think that the colleges of education are a real problem spot. We have this issue where I think they're learning more about how to teach as opposed to what to teach. And that ends up becoming a reliance on these textbooks, many of which are problematic. Some are great, some are not. And there's an ideological slant sometimes to these textbooks. And even worse, they're just boring and they don't engage students. History is a grand story of drama. It has good guys and bad guys and everything in between. And if you teach it that way, then you get kids hooked. Then they realize that this stuff actually is consequential to their lives. So we think that if we fix college, we could go a long way with that. On the local elementary, junior high, high school level, with the stress in the last few years of teaching to the test and just going back to basics, it might be difficult to implement enrichment type of courses, even though I wouldn't necessarily classify as an enrichment course, but it yeah, might right. by default, you know, have become that. What can a teacher or parents do to turn that around within their own school districts? Yeah, I'm glad that you mentioned both constituencies there, parents and teachers. First of all, we think that there's been too much hamstringing of teachers, telling teachers how to teach, things of that nature. I think a little bit less regulation in the classroom could go a long way, freeing teachers up to actually do things that they do well. I think that there's a big question about this regulation from the federal level about what goes on in the classroom. That's a different debate, I think. But the consequence of focusing so much on math and science, for example, is that you don't have time to spend on humanities like government and history. The other thing is that parents are the primary educators of their children. And I don't think parents realize that. I think that there's this kind of cult of the expert that's arisen, that, well, education is the job of people who've gone to school. Of course, our survey shows that they don't really know a lot to begin with. And so why are we trusting these quote-unquote experts when you can start the education in your own home? We found in our study that people who have not gone to college but read consistently history and current events, talked about it with their family and friends, and participated in their local community, that you could get as much or more 
if you did it on a consistent basis and a college degree, do better on our test. So that tells you that learning is a lifelong endeavor. It should start at the home. You know, my dad was a teacher of 40 years in elementary school, and he kind of termed it a hammer and a nail. The students, the nail, the teachers, the hammer. But who swings that hammer? It's got to be the parents. In my early days of reporting, I had to cover city council meetings, and uh, although they were poorly attended, right. you learn an awful lot going there, and it's free entertainment. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, look, sometimes it's just dreadfully boring, but, I mean, self-government is work. Tocqueville, when he came to evaluate the new American democracy, one of the things he was struck by was that he couldn't find the government because the government was the people, and the people ended up through their voluntary associations and their local school boards and things like that. They were actually making these decisions instead of some functionary from a central government. And I think there are people of goodwill and public spiritedness, but maybe we need to kind of empower them a little bit more. But that also means that they need to get off the couch and go to those school board meetings and city council meetings and get involved. We're talking with Dr. Rich Brake of the Intercollegiate Studies Institute. Dr. Brake, do you have a website where listeners can go for more information? Absolutely. In fact, I challenge your listeners to take our exam. Go to AmericanCivicLiteracy.org. You can take the test online, see how you do. If you don't do well the first time, keep at it. Again, we found that if people took control over their own education, that actually that is real beneficial. I'd also let people know about collegeguide.org. This is a place where you can find out the real scoop about 150 or so colleges and universities, not just from the U.S. News or Rural Report rankings. These are investigative reports on what's going on in classrooms, what's going on on Friday and Saturday nights at some of these places, and it's kind of like an owner's manual for consumers that can help them make wise choices. You know, we spend per kid between 100 and $200,000 on average for a four-year degree. We should be much better consumers. We should demand more information from these colleges and universities, and that's what we're trying to do with these studies. We had colleges like Yale, Cornell, Princeton, my alma mater, Georgetown, where the freshmen did better than the seniors on the same test. That's just totally unacceptable. Dr. Rich Brake of the Intercollegiate Studies Institute, thank you so much for being with us today on InfoTrack. Thank you. It was a pleasure. And I'm Taryn McCall for InfoTrack. Next, what's it take to be the very best at what you do? The answer, coming up next, may startle you. You're listening to InfoTrack. More after this. 